Welcome to a new episode of the India Independent Films Podcast. We are back. Uh, my name is Rahul Desai. I am a film critic for Film Companion. Uh, I have with me a good friend and mint film critic Uday Bhatia. Uh, we are going to be discussing two Hindi films today. We haven't been around for the last few weeks. So um, uh, we are going to be discussing two, two big Hindi film releases. Uh, one of them is a Dharma production called Jug Jug Jio. And the second is Rocketry, the Nambi effect, which is uh, R. Madhavan's uh, directorial debut, and it stars him. Um, we'll start with Jug Jug Jio, and uh, we didn't get around to discussing it a couple of weeks ago when it released. Uh, I'm going to talk about it before we get into Rocketry. Uh, it's directed by Raj Mehta. It's uh, it, it stars uh, Varun Dhawan, Kiara Advani, Anil Kapoor, and Neetu Kapoor. It's basically the film is uh, is it, it opens with a young couple who. are going through a tough time in their marriage and they plan they decide to divorce but before that they decide to attend a wedding back home in patiala they are in canada themselves and when they attend the wedding um they uh, varun dhawan's character finds out that his couple his parents too aren't the happily married couple that he always thought they were who were played by anil kapoor and uh, neetu kapoor he finds out that his father is planning to divorce his mother and the film is more or less about two different divorces uh two age groups two generations and uh, sort of the interconnect sort of some interconnection between them uh uday uh, why don't you start us off with this your first impressions because i i'm very aware you did uh you did not the film didn't work for you at all uh, it did work for me at a certain level so it'll be interesting to discuss that um, you you can start with your first impression uh yeah so i um, i i didn't really have um, much an impression i hadn't even seen the full trailer really of the film going into it i just knew the vague uh, plot uh, and uh, i i don't know i found it uh, a sort of a kind of an insubstantial film but uh, again like i i think you put it very well when you said that it's like it it uh, it, it speaks like a child but thinks like an adult because uh, there's a pivot sort of later on into the film into this very sort of um, very high powered drama uh, which sort of to me seemed to really come out of nowhere because for about half or more than half of its running time i think it's a fairly facile sort of comedy uh, with mm. these two uh kind of separations are going on simultaneously and then suddenly it um, kind of morphs into a into a slightly more serious film but i don't know whether like what was leading up to that part whether it could kind kind of sustain that sudden like uh, mm. emotional uh, jump there but uh, i could be wrong and maybe i was a little harsh on those scenes which in themselves are actually uh, uh, not bad it's just for me the 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 leap was a bit too much like i felt i was watching like you know almost like like uh, wedding crashers had become marriage story uh, yeah. and it, it was weird for me so that's that's actually i'm glad you touched on that because that's actually something i only want to discuss in this film that pivot that you're talking about basically using comedy as a smooth screen for most of the film and then suddenly abruptly pivoting into this marital drama uh, involving two different couples some very uh well acted scenes in that uh, you know if you look at it in isolation especially that varun dhawan kiran advani sort of meltdown in their bedroom i i mean they were on their own they were pretty well designed and well acted uh, but speaking of this particular pivot that you're talking about uh, i wanted to ask you as well because uh, do you look at it purely as a film sort of just changing tone uh, conveniently uh, like most hindi films do right so many hindi films use comedy you uh, as a front for say social message dramas or family dramas or or biopics for that matter as well they use comedy and in general as you know as indians in general our culture is to sort of deflect with humor right most of the time and not confront reality uh, you know whether in real life or whether in films uh, so do you think that there was some thought to that beyond because that's what that's why it worked for me so i found this jarring i found this jarring as well you know i was like why is the anil kapoor character so funny so goofy so anil kapoorish uh, mm-hmm. and so you know 90s anil kapoor in the first half of the film and in the last third of the film how does he become a real human being and a real flawed character flawed husband flawed father 
um and and you know actually quite a deceitful character towards the end uh, how is that like how does that work and that's the thing so when i thought about it a little more while writing the review so while watching the film i found it jarring uh, and i was like okay they are falling into their own trap of using comedy as a as a sort of smoke screen to talk about something really ser- far more serious and something indian society isn't really comfortable with which is divorce which is separation and especially a long time married couple uh, and anil kapoor neetu kapoor's uh, relationship uh, but you know while i was writing about it it sort of worked for me because i you sometimes you tend to rationalize things when you do find something to like about like the individual scenes worked for me quite well in the second half if i if i were looking beyond uh, that jarring switch of tones uh, mm. and because of that i started thinking deeper about why how does it reflect indian culture how does it reflect uh, us as a society do we do the same thing too uh, and which i found some sort of reasoning behind that sure maybe there wasn't as much thought in the writing and the filmmaking but most of it tends to be subconscious as well because all those cheap laughs that we get that entire sort of masculinity thing happening between varun dhawan and his father anil kapoor in the film manish paul as the flashy best friend we've seen it a hundred times before but i yeah. found that there was reason for it to exist especially given that the second half or the last third at least works as a sucker punch in that sense and suddenly it was like something shattered in front of me and i was like okay the tone is still loud but it's just melodrama now earlier it was comedy uh, but it worked because of you know precisely that switch that i found jarring while watching the film i think it certainly becomes a more interesting film in the second half because uh, i mean the comedy is pleasant enough i think in the first thing is not it's definitely not like an anis bazmi yeah. film or something like that but uh, it it wasn't really doing anything much like my concentration was completely wavering in the in the first half whereas in the second at least because of that switch i was uh, I was kind of engaged, uh, at least. Uh, I don't know if it. Uh, I mean, it, it definitely did not uh, uh, work for me as a whole. But uh, this this idea that like the the switch might have like it was more of a sucker punch and like maybe thought through a little more than I would give it for. That's well possible actually, uh, and. i think it's because you don't get that kind of intensity by accident like those one or two scenes yeah. uh mm-hmm. those were certainly like uh, they were pitched at that level very uh, deliberately but i don't think the film quite knew to do knew what to do around them because there's still that sort of um, a uh, kind of low comedy happening with manish paul at regular intervals and with the tiska chopra character also uh who's uh, uh, the new woman in in uh, anil kapoor's life and uh, it's sort of uh, i think a bit awkward because you i i don't think you quite you kind of get the back and forth i don't think they figured out a way to do that then once that tone shifted i don't think they could figure out how to bring the comedy back so that kind of got lost one thing i kind of had a problem and it's uh, it's funny because you know it will come up in rocketry again which is one of my problems was that i didn't um, the film uh, quite neatly but i think uh, probably made an error in getting us through uh, uh, varun dhawan and um, Akira Advani's relationship to the from the point of their like meeting to the point of their being married and then almost uh, separating uh, right at the start of the film and uh, it it just runs through that in like a scene and a song like and uh, I I didn't get an idea of this couple and suddenly mm. they are breaking up and that kind of it, i think that for me was a bit of a problem in the sense that then i don't really get a sense of who they are as a couple and now they're breaking up and they're just like you know there's no sense of why they would be together in the first place they're shown as such opposites uh, uh, and uh, they're uh, they just seem to have very different views on life and he has like no ambition she's like totally ambitious and it's just uh, i i it didn't i couldn't this film couldn't sell me on the two of them 
I can buy more the uh, Anil Kapoor and uh, Neetu Singh character, uh, Neetu Kapoor uh, uh, instead of these two. And I was wondering what you saw their relationship as the Kiara Advani and the Varun Dhawan one. Yeah, so that's very interesting. And I, I get that, you know, even in Rocketty, we're going to talk about it because that that's definitely a big factor in that film as well. Uh, but so the thing is about, I, I felt like the, so I, I feel like these are interesting creative decisions and they, I feel like they're taken in, uh, you know, in context of what Dharma has been standing for for all these years, like sort of relationship dramas and and sort of, you know, family stories and this. So I, I felt like they were making a very conscious, I don't think it was executed very well, but I feel like the filmmakers were making a very conscious decision to sort of start off from the end of most films that, we would see like you know the first the montage uh, in the beginning and you know how they sort of get together in one song and then we suddenly cut to like this bleak life they are living in toronto um i found that interesting because the rest of the film that happens and the we basically get only an idea of their relationship through through their sort of arguments and through their sort of lack of patience with each other that too in patiala itself whenever they have fights or whenever uh, they sort of uh, confront each other about their marriage and their relationship. So I felt like we were learning in reverse about them, which to me on paper is a very interesting narrative device. I like films that attempt that, where you're basically just thrown into a moving train and then you are left to start, uh, left to guess where the train started from and how the journey unfolded. And, uh, I, I, you know, I don't think that the writing was sophisticated enough to pull that off in the second half or even throughout the film uh, or whatever we were seeing of Varun and Kiara in uh, the portions that they were uh, in. I felt like it was a more, as you said, a more well-rounded sort of version of Anil Kapoor and Neetu Kapoor sort of marriage because theirs was anyways invisible in that sense because they were married for 35 years and, uh, you know, uh, children don't tend to see their parents' marriage till something goes wrong. And uh, uh, and that I felt worked for you know the older couple, but yeah, I still feel, I still see the intent behind that because I uh, because that obviously the other way to go about it is to show us spend an entire half uh, uh, you know showing them sort of getting together, say something like Sarah, you know, showing <laughs> an entire sort of love story or romance in the beginning, and then showing what is going wrong in that in the second half, and that you know there that absolute dissonance in tone makes sense and then you see what is at stake when they are going through hell in the second half or you see what is at stake when they are breaking uh, apart um, but that's the thing like I felt like they were trying to sort of leave it to us to read between the lines I just don't think the lines were coherent enough except for that in a few handful of scenes where they were having massive fights like that's why that marriage story style fight really worked for me you know between Varun and Kiara apart from it being like well shot and all I thought it was a, a very sort of um, very powerful little peek into what they had and what we didn't see. And it left a lot up to our own imagination and it left a lot up to our own experiences and our own reading of um, sort of marriages and relationships and life, depending on who we are. So, I mean, you're right about the fact that they are very contrasting characters and I would have never imagined when I saw them in Toronto in the beginning, I, I would have never imagined both of them. Like, he's a bouncer. She's like this hotshot corporate HR person. Uh, they try to make those contrasts too obvious from the way she dresses, from the way she talks, from the way he scowls, from the way he uh, sort of just refuses to smile through, uh, you know, through most of the film. They make it too obvious. And I felt like that's that awkward execution that didn't let us sort of go all the way when it came to their... Uh, when it came to their marriage but I, I still found it a, I still found like they took the right decision I just don't think they were sophisticated enough to pull it off at least we do uh, seem to be in a kind of Anil Kapoor golden age right now uh, <laughs> he's had many golden ages but uh, I I don't think he can put a foot wrong right now like whatever he does uh, it's just uh, uh, all going I mean, right some say, you know, again, as I said, the Anil Kapoor character is sort of the almost what the film hinges on here because it's something that is invisible till till it's not. And uh, and, you know, he's he's doing his entire welcome 
little stick and his comedy stick for the longest time and then suddenly there's this dil dadakne do sort of husband throne you know that emerges out of this yeah. whole thing where he's a bit of a hypocrite he's a bit of a liar uh, he's not as honest as he but still somehow there feels like you know he's not an all out sort of antagonist despite yeah. you know the fact that some of the most some of the best moments of the film have uh, varun dhawan confronting him or neetu kapoor sort of uh, taking a stand against him uh, it never really feels like he's one of those irredeemable uh, you know one of those amrish puri characters of the 90s it still feels like there is a semblance of humanity to what he's doing and to to this midlife crisis that he's going through and you know even though any other actor might have overdone the comedy in order to sort of uh to to be more likable as a character and then you know throw this whole thing on us i feel like he really found i i don't know it's just there like that balance is somehow there i feel like he understood the character a lot better than even the filmmakers did which it sort of works his experience sort of works here because uh i feel like a lot of these performances by anil kapoor neetu kapoor uh especially the more experienced veterans who you know sort of are into this particular stage in their life a lot of it also come from their own lived in sort of life experiences their own it's almost they treat it almost as autobiographical at some point and given that most of them have been in marriages for the longest time uh, i feel like there's a lot of honesty in both of their performances in that sense even neetu ka with that nice little scene she has with kiara where they drink wine from very like plastic very That's nice right. scene right like it could have yeah. been anywhere uh, yeah. uh, but you know they are like like women or like wives that have been sort of uh, really front, uh, sort of put aside uh, they're drinking wine from sort of plastic cups which is a very nice little symbolic thing and they are and such very very nice lines there compared to the rest of the film which is a little heavy handed so um, yeah i feel obviously anil kapoor is the sort of star of a, a film and you know you don't often say that when there are like four protagonists in a way but yeah as you said nothing can sort of go wrong anything he's doing is sort of turning to gold right yeah no i i i agree uh, and i think uh, coming on the back of his performance in thar which i really like i think <laughs> that like and this is just like a great uh, a double bill if you're just looking for the anil kapoor bits like i would completely recommend that yeah um is there anything else uh, we should we can discuss for jug jug or maybe we can now move on to rocketry we can move on to rocketry now okay so rocketry as we said uh, r madhavan's um, directorial debut uh, it is um, it is basically it stars madhavan himself as uh, um, an isro um scientist uh, named of named nambi it's called rocketry the nambi effect so uh, nambi narayanan who's a former isro scientist who uh, you know who was uh, sort of accused in an espionage case and later sort of exonerated it is a story about it is more or less a biopic uh but at the same time you know uh, there are different segments of this film that we are going to get into uh, uh, that sort of you know throws us a, a little off the entire genre definition but uh, the story does span from between 1969 to 1995 and in fact 2013 so the entire base of the film is an interview between the scientist himself who is very old and who has been exonerated already and the interview between him and uh, 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 shahrukh khan who is playing himself a bollywood superstar in the tamil version it is surya it is a multilingual short in uh, multiple languages uh and this interview serves as sort of a almost like a voice over for the biopic itself um i i mean i had sort of mixed feelings about the film uh, odai um, your sort of first impression then hamid did you i mean when it, when you go into films or biopics like this um you know what is your preparation and how much do you read up about the actual source material about the actual person because you know that does tend to define what we consider authentic what we consider creative license when we are watching the film itself yeah that's true i um i read up a bit uh, i just try and get the broad uh, ideas of their life and uh, maybe not go into it i try not to look up interviews like video interviews because then i see the actual person speaking and that can become a bit distracting when you are then trying to judge an interpretation of of that person and I, so i try not to do that but i just read up a little bit lightly 
and uh, usually i mean with uh, indian films if you see the wikipedia page that's usually the film follows like very much uh, you know those broad points only so and uh, so i mean it's it's usually not you don't have to go much deeper in uh, for uh, you know prep work for a uh, for an indian biopic which is not my favorite genre at yeah. all uh out here uh, uh, i i i didn't um, i didn't really have much of an idea about uh, uh, nambi narayanan uh, before before this and i guess a lot of the film's audience would be like that uh, i think this will uh, kind of introduce a lot of people to his case and uh, so uh, the the uh, uh, the whole idea is that it's sort of like uh, uh, as you said it's broken into uh, parts and it kind of most of it focuses on um, his scientific achievements but then the sort of last act is concentrated on his uh, espionage uh, uh, accusation and then uh, the long process of him clearing his name and then exonerating himself and it is a bit of a again a bit of a tonal shift and uh, i i uh, i can't say that uh, it it made for a great uh, last um, whatever half uh, 45 minutes or so for me but uh, i do appreciate how it kind of just like jumps off the scientific uh, part of it and just gets into this case so deeply because i'm guessing that that's what happened to his life also that it just completely derailed and everything and like nothing else really mattered except uh, the case and clearing his name so it perhaps makes sense in a emotional way uh, as far as uh, nami narayanan's actual life was concerned hmm. so that's that's actually what worked for me in this film right like i mean when you know that say uh, the your, you know a certain person's life uh, public figure's life has been divided into say two halves like someone like nambi narayan you know someone who's you know someone who goes who, who is known in the public space as a scientist for the longest time and then uh, uh, his life is derailed as you said um, then it depends on the filmmakers as to how much they want to spend on uh, you know the sort of wikipedia version of the person and then getting into the nitty gritties of you know the human being and the family and everything that was basically lying dormant throughout the rest of the film so i found it interesting that madhavan sort of chose to spend a chunk of this film on his scientific achievements and who he was as a scientist you know it doesn't shy away from showing him as a bit of a ruthless guy uh, especially in those france portions where he refuses to tell where he chooses to not tell uh, his friend and colleague that you know he's lost his his child mm-hmm. so that he keeps working for the next 15 days and achieves their mission um, so I, i found it interesting that we are learning about the scientists for the longest time different chapters there's russia there's france there's scotland there's uh, you know there's uh, there's a bunch of them and then it sort of nose dives It, i mean it it almost sort of dives into the so that entire mirroring that his you know he was on the up and then his life got derailed in 1994 out of nowhere uh, you know that for me sort of worked on a theoretical level i agree that uh, it was a bit jarring to see on the screen because suddenly uh, it felt like you're watching a different film but i guess that was the intent right because we forgot yeah. about most of his achievements uh when when he was getting tortured at that police station or when he was being treated badly by the investigators or when his wife uh, sort of descended into insanity and and his family was sort of really broken apart it it just did feel like two different films but i felt like that i felt that in a good way because uh the rest of the film felt like a flashback uh then mm. and that's mm. where i wish that that's where i sort of wish that they didn't begin with that you know they begin with that yeah yeah, uh, yeah. in yeah. the family uh, the family going through a regular day and then him being uh, you know a newspaper sort of breaking the news and the family being thrown out of wherever they are so you're beginning with the present or with 2013 or 14 or whatever it is you're beginning later uh, with the day he his downfall begins and then you are going back into flashback so i just felt like they could have just gone linearly 
uh, started from 1969 and then suddenly pulled the rug out from under carpet in 1994 uh, uh, when maybe they could have you know started with the interview and with Sharok's uh, with, with sort of a Bollywood superstar interviewing him and basically acting as a narrator for the rest of his for for his life and all. But I guess that's the thing. They had a choice between say putting a regular dry voiceover or sort of uh, or, or sort of just like somehow fashioning this television interview that they did, which I thought was very awkwardly executed. But I do be, I do see the purpose behind it because if if you know if someone like him uh, uh, if someone like him is narrating his whole life they um, I, I just felt like they could have just uh, you know gone in in this particular manner and trusted the audience to be derailed uh, by the end of the film yeah 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 that's true it's um, i i i mean i like the interview only in theory as in the yeah. idea of doing it through that i don't think it uh, was executed particularly well is also, uh, I mean, it's, it's not some of Shah Rukh's best crying on film, I have to say. <laughs> and uh, the, it's, uh, but, you know, I, I had another um, uh, strange feeling about the film and this kind of grew as I went along now, interested to know how you felt about that, that, you know, it's, it's this idea that a film is so, like, plan down to the scene like everything has to be useful everything has to be every line has to move the plot forward every scene has to tell something you know about what is happening to Nambi I think the film just forgets to kind of uh, look around see what's there like have small mm. moments that reveal a character uh, instead mm. of just like telling us that this is what happened to a character uh, all the time, uh, just you know, have a small uh, scene like the, just something as simple as the wine in the plastic glass that was being jugjugjio. Mm. Even that is just a, a small little touch that reveals something about you know the uh, the this person and. There's just there's nothing like that in this film. So at some point, it just feels like so designed that I couldn't. Uh, I just it just feels suffocating after a while. And I think this is what separates like uh, uh, really good directors from merely average or competent. Uh, yeah. And uh, they uh, this is Madhavan's first as director. I don't think he was the original director on this, anyways. Yeah. And it's I mean it's an efficient job. Uh, but I don't think it's a very evocative one. Yeah, no, that's that's actually an excellent point, and and that is, I mean, it I I did find it to be a very efficient film. I thought the filmmaking was in its own parts, in isolation, in a lot of scenes, they were pretty good. But as you said, it does feel a little too designed and planned. And I I mean, it's the Indian biopic syndrome, right? Like no scene exists for any other purpose other than furthering the plot or furthering the story or furthering that, you know, Wikipedia page that we, we are on. And uh, and that's what separates something like Sardar Uddam, right? Like from, from a exactly. film like this. Uh, exactly. And because that character is revealed in everything but, in every way but, you know, sort of furthering the plot. Furthering, it is a, literally an existential journey of a real-life figure and sort of just filling in the gaps, letting the viewer sort of figure out what uh, what those frames mean, what the silences mean, what what his what his, what the character's uncertainty means. Here, you know, I, I, like in most films, like in you know, even something like uh, in the Vidya Balan biopic, the Shakuntala Devi, I think. Um, I, yeah. You know, uh, so these are very similar biopics, and these are these are biopics that are made because other biopics exist so they are i feel like they wouldn't have existed if this genre wasn't already populated by the ones that we've been seeing i feel like something like sardar udham isn't really created keeping in mind a genre or keeping in mind uh, a particular narrative device or a particular narrative style i felt like you could not call that uh, a, a biopic just as you could not call uh, you know, something like Batman Begins a Superhero Film or something. It, it is starting from a very different point, a very fresh point that that does not sort of deal in 
terms like genre filmmaking or term or, or different kind of styles of storytelling i feel like you know it, it could have been anything and I, I, in my head sadarudam is still not a biopic per se it is still sort of a very uh, di- different sort of a snapshot of history and the person is almost incidental to the whole thing and i i really appreciate that about filmmakers who present a different uh, sort of uh, perspective of you know of, of these real life historical figures and that's the difference between you know the historicals that we see that you, even you've written about and and even these these particular rocket these particular biopics that we've been talking about i, I you're right about the fact that uh, there is basically no room for uh, there is no room for interpretation there is no room for anything else and that's that sort of almost dehumanizes the figure even as much as you can be as hard hitting as you want as a filmmaker in those torture sequences or as an actor in those sequences but in the end you know that there is not a sequence where uh, nambi narayanan is just sitting uh, you know in maybe sitting in his uh, jail cell and just looking at the window for the next like 30 seconds there is no there is no time for scene like that and that's perhaps the problem with a you know with a lot of our filmmakers uh, with a lot of the stories our filmmakers tell or as a you know it's it's a film about science maybe like a few scenes of him like just thinking sitting working out things no he's just like he always has the answers he's just like a superhero from the right from the start from the time he goes to even before that when he's in india and he's at uh, they're trying to you know they're thinking about will he stay or will he go to princeton and then he goes to princeton and he just the first it seems like almost the first class he attends he corrects the professor and the book that is written uh, and then he quits the class then he you know then he's immediately brilliant at uh, liquid uh, 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 propulsions and it's just i i i don't i, I don't think they they did it enough to reveal his character through anything mm-hmm. but exposition exposition maybe not exposition but at least like showing us exactly what he did rather than what he is which would have i i think that would have made it a more interesting film uh, for me a related point for that also uh, to that is that i i don't think the film sold the science as well as they could have like mm-hmm. i i i didn't I, i there's a lot of science in there and you know there's a lot of rocket jargon and uh, to me it is of course all greek they could have been saying anything and i would have uh, you know it would have sounded the same to me but i'm just saying that like if you take a film like the martian which mm. takes the pains of making its science which is partly science fiction because it's it's ahead you know in time and it's kind of talking about speculative things but it it makes that effort to keep you exactly where the character is in terms of what he is doing uh if if he's you know if he's doing making potatoes or growing potatoes or he's trying to fix something or he's trying to do a a jump into space and all we feel like we are understanding at least like you know maybe 50% 60% of the science involved in those things like in a very broad layman kind of way out here i was sort of lost like i i i didn't really know what like why, what are they doing in france like i know they're going there to try and get an idea of their technology and sort of half steal it without them knowing but what exactly is happening i don't really know why does nambi work in liquids and apj kalam in solids like like i mean i know they're doing that and i'm i i guess that liquids had you know uh, was the future and solids was kind of over but like why did they do that what w- what were their philosophies behind that what was the whole rolls royce hydraulics things now i i you know I, i understand they want their technology but what did that technology do all these things you know i i feel like the i i didn't get like mm. a solid explanation for what was happening i think they were just there so the film would seem authentic but mm. i wasn't like i don't think they had an emotional level to them right yeah i mean the in that sense i felt like what the filmmaking at least what madhavan's sort of direction or filmmaking tried to do was sort of just uh, you know go 
very sort of um, uh, i think on a visual level they were trying to compensate for all the science jargon that was happening like you know something as simple as that rocket test happening in france and the indians sort of you know outperforming all the other teams um, I, i felt like you know that that could have been uh, even though i had no idea what the technicalities were of the scene i felt like at the same time it was crafted sort of rousingly enough to make us understand that okay maybe something special is happening and maybe this is not meant to happen and of course we are not i i feel like in most films about science or science fiction we are not supposed to understand the technicalities and you know the real art is in still sort of being inclusive of the viewer and in being inclusive of the audiences uh, and i felt like this one did not quite get that balance but even in terms of in terms of the sort of singularity of the scenes themselves i felt fairly i felt like they were doing like for example obviously there was a lot of creative license the way they escaped from russia almost like this argo like escape and last moment and when the soviet union has fallen and last night and uh, and same thing in uh, you know same thing in france also it leads to that moment where one of them suddenly speaks french after like making the french think that the indians cannot understand them so i mean on a very broad level sure you're getting what uh, you're getting that india is sort of the underdog they don't have the budget and isro is just not uh, sort of isro does not have the resources and that that's why they have to hustle their way across the globe and and sort of patch together uh, enough knowledge that led to missions like mangalyaan and stuff like that later in the future and we know that he this guy was at the forefront of it all and that's i guess that's on a broader level what you're trying to uh, at least what i was trying to understand uh, and yeah you're right that i was a little lost especially in that stupid uh, scotland sequence where he goes to the the, the i I, yeah, i think the rolls royce the mm-hmm. conversation with the rolls royce ceo and sort of just that imperialist guilt nonsense that's happening it was too convenient it was actually the worst part of the film for me because that was worst case scenario what rocketry nambi effect could have been and if it was like that every other scene where you know expositions being done simply through one white character and one brown character speaking and sort of just representing their nations and their history through their words alone then it would have been a far worse film than it is but you know having said that i i still didn't mind the uh, sort of science jargon but i'm sure i wasn't feeling uh, sort of i didn't it did feel a little too exclusive at some point or as you said it was trying to be too authentic and uh, uh, most of the time but then then again you know i i don't understand a lot of science that happens in you know christopher nolan's films either or any and martian is actually a very good example that you mentioned because it's still such a human such a basic sort of roots you know no pun intended story uh despite uh, despite you know the the sheer scale of what uh, what you're trying to achieve that and and same way i'd say gravity is the same thing because you're basically just right. going uh, back Absolutely. in space and trying to ha- it's a survival tale as simple as that but here there's so much more than that right it's not a survival tale there's patriotism there's politics there's there's you know there's this space race between all the big superpowers and there's india like coming up from the behind so you know you have to i, I guess that's where i think our sort of uh, uh, that's where that sort of clumsiness comes in as far as the exposition is concerned and the jargon is concerned yeah i uh, since i seem to be listing all my complaints uh, against the film one by one i'll also say that it was very weird for me how the family uh, was completely ignored almost through the whole film after starting with them quite a nice scene as as you write in your review like a nice home scene and then everything falls apart like that's the first scene of the film and then we have like two very brief scenes with the wife uh but mm. she is mostly just uh, mentioned in terms of like when uh, foreign women are hitting on him then he says that i have a wife uh, mm. and that's just a very weird treatment of a character i think and kind of shows where the film considers her but then the family comes back in a really big way after mm. things start Uh, going wrong for him with the espionage uh, allegations mm. and uh, suddenly we are to be very invested in in their um, in in their drama but i wasn't really because i'm like i don't i don't know these people at all and mm. suddenly the wife is having like 
very grave mental health issues and the kids are rebelling against the father and it's just it's it's i think it's too uh too much to ask the viewer to suddenly be very invested in this family dynamic when mm. they have clearly been ignored for all of the film so mm. like i i can be invested in him uh, because i've seen him through the thing and i know you know you can feel how tough it must be to you know suddenly have his life achievements reduced to absolutely nothing Uh, but uh, for the whole family drama thing just uh, completely passed me by because uh, i i don't know these people and the film isn't interested in them until they can become like a sort of prop to do this uh, uh, high powered melodrama in the last 40 minutes or so yeah that's interesting i'm sort of conflicted about like i'm on the fence about that because you know while watching it i was like okay come on like you i i, I don't even i couldn't even recognize the wife when she came back in the end uh so you know it was it was one of those things where i was like okay what was the alternative then like that they maybe the family would have you know sort of snuck in and out of the narrative till it happened maybe some a few nice little sequences with the wife or the or, or the kids because we don't even know he has a kid till he mentions it in principle like you know in the beginning of the film like we didn't even know he was married for the longest time until he mentions it in passing until someone tries to i think someone tries to hit on him or whatever it is and that's the that the tonal inconsistency that didn't work like why do you even then if you're going to go the way where you're going to basically say that okay this guy was married to his science and his rocket with the wife does say in the beginning in that opening scene of the film which is sort of nicely done um if you're going to actually literally show that the guy was married to the science and the, his family didn't even exist for him for those 20 25 years they were just at home sort of doing their own growing up and evolution on paper i get it like i i see why you want to do it it's a risky thing to do because then you're bringing the family and asking us to be invested in those strangers uh, not just to us but to him as well and him suddenly sort of caring so hard about his wife and and, and his his sort of family uh you know may hit a very very differently than as compared to say if they already existed in the narrative but i felt like i still felt like you know there was uh a regular biopic might have just sort of bloated into something else because to make a family a big part of the narrative throughout like through all his travels through russia and scotland and france i i felt like if the family were a part of that already uh it, it wouldn't have been the kind of sort of lean thing that it was till it reached those portions so it's more of a catch 22 thing but uh, that did not prevent me so much from being invested in the intensity of what he went through after 1993 or 94 at least the way the film was sort of way the scenes were designed or maybe you know his wife having mental issues and and him being tortured like you know uh, um, and then the cbi entering the whole thing so it did feel like a different film and I, that sort of did not like sort of put me off as much as it may have put you because i i just felt like on paper i thought that there was the right idea in in the sense that it, the family has suddenly not just burst upon us but even burst upon the character himself where he realizes that nothing matters anymore not his science not his legacy uh, not his reputation but just the sight of his family suffering who were strangers to him up till this point that he has to see them suffering to even know that he feels so much for them uh, that sort of at least for me i tried to look at the subtext or try to find something that justifies this creative decision and mm-hmm. you know you only do that when at least the filmmaking is compelling enough to make you want to sort of iron out the flaws in your own head of the film so i i just like to believe that even he woke up to the same thing that we did uh in in that last part and when he asked for forgiveness from his wife uh saying that you know i don't care that the court has cleared me i i just want you to sort of i'm, I'm it's just for you i sort of believed that despite the fact that i didn't even know the wife other than her sort of really falling apart when the whole thing happened for like 10 mm. years of years or whatever it is so that still sort of worked for me and and i just like to think that it was I, i'm pretty sure there was no method behind it but uh, but you know i i i'd still give it the benefit of the doubt because it's a risky decision to take especially in context of a indian biopic where family mm. where you know nothing can happen without a family um, mm. 
but i still thought like there was some maybe there was something different about it this was the exact thing that maybe set it slightly apart from the other very run of the mill biopics that you know that chakundala devi thing and the other other great uh, sort of figures biopics or the cricket biopics that we've been seeing lately and what not so I, i think that's what set it apart slightly and you know it, I, I, that's why i was on the fence about that uh let's talk about the other forgiveness scene which to me was very interesting for reasons that are not entirely contained in the film i'm talking about when sharuk at uh, at one point after doing perhaps not his best crying on film in uh, uh, in his career uh, i i didn't think it was very convincing uh, but uh, whatever he gets a bit weepy and then he asks uh, nambi for forgiveness on behalf of india and he sort of folds his hands and he's like uh, mafi mangrao and all and that image of 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 a uh, teary sharukh khan asking for forgiveness from india felt very potent in a very uncomfortable and and not a good way uh, in uh, especially after the events of last year yeah uh, with uh, with his son uh, again uh, coincidentally a framing a case of uh, very bad framing uh, yeah. by the authorities and but it's weird because it's like uh, the film had finished shooting in 2019 i think they had wrapped by then yeah. and uh, it's it's just a case of time catching up with the film time and events catching up with the film and it it what would not have seemed i think would not have struck me as too weird in if this film had come out in 2020 in 22 that image uh, to me felt kind of distressing in a way just seeing sharukh like asking for forgiveness because you know he is uh, playing himself in a way in the film so mm. uh, it's it it really felt like him asking for forgiveness and that kind of though yeah uh, i just generally i you know apologies are owed to him but mm. it was happening the other way around out here and it just that image struck me as weird though you know nothing that the film really did out there it's just that you know events that happened i mean it's bizarre that you know it's entirely sort of almost entirely coincidental right like that the fact that um the film was shot a while back and the events with sharukh and his son sort of happened last year um and i actually found that subtext quite potent as you mentioned uh you know you can't explicitly mention it as much because you know that it's mostly chance but i i looked at it also as in a slightly different way like the image of sharukh asking for forgiveness on behalf of the nation is one image uh, but the other image is that sharukh is the one uh sort of getting some kind of justice for a guy who has been wronged uh by his nation and by the authorities mm. so you know there are two ways to look at it of course that entire vp asking for forgiveness thing is is sort of disturbing at a very visceral level given what we know now um but i also try to look at it as uh you know him really uh, batting for a man who has been sort of let down by his nation and by his government and mm. uh, and who has been framed basically and you know as we know uh, there are a lot of similarities there and and that's what i like like i obviously try to read into why you know sharukh of course it was entirely purely a gesture maybe madhavan did not think of he probably did not like i'm pretty sure think of anything it's just a friend doing him a favor or something yeah. but uh, doing yeah. uh, you know for the cameo but even sharukh doing that role that's what i wrote in my review as well that you know it's because it's a combination of his swadesh and chakde characters as well that there's more context uh yeah. for, because you know this nambi narayanan story uh, does very well mirror uh, two of sharukh's probably his most potent performances in the last 15 or 20 years um that is you know one way to look at it and the other way is i like that it was sharukh even though you know as you said not a big fan of him crying uh, lately but uh, but uh, you know I, i i try to look at the half glass full sort of context of that particular why sharukh existed and why that sort of that image of him asking for forgiveness 
could have been interpreted both ways. Yeah, I think the weird thing is that I would have like if if someone had mentioned this film and said that you know there will be a superstar who's doing this interview, I would have thought Amir would have been like the natural choice there. <laughs> the Satyamev Jayate. Yeah, exactly. I think you mentioned that also in your <laughs> review. Yeah, it did feel like that. It feel like it was designed exactly for Amir and his his VP uh, sort of uh, swollen eyes, but. Uh, but <laughs> it might have been a bit too meta even for Madhavan though, <laughs> given like three idiots and you know. Oh yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And and th- that's the thing. Like I, uh, again, you know, as you mentioned, that entire interpretation of Shahrukh's little cameo, uh, you know, that is disturbing on one front. But at the same time, I felt like it was also uh, uh, slightly more reassuring on another front because... Um, of course, we are the people who are reading so much into it. The film, I don't think the film is intelligent enough to uh, to even understand that. Given also that it ended with footage of sort of uh, you know the prime minister and and the scientists sort of getting felicitated by the president in in presence of the prime minister, and you know you you know uh, sort of which direction it's sort of batting in in that sense politically at least. But yeah. uh, but the fact that it was preceded with Shahrukh. Uh, Sort of uh, whether it was Nambi Narayanan speaking through Sharuk or Sharuk speaking through Nambi Narayanan, that is you know that that are those are really things that make films for people like us who want to read a little more deeper into say average looking or average averagely made films like this. And for me, it did make the film a little more richer, even if it was in my own mind. Uh, um, and even if the Sharuk, there was no method behind the whole thing. Uh, I, in the end, it depends on really as a viewer what you experience and what you choose to believe. Uh, whether the filmmakers intended or not, whether it was subconscious or deliberate or or not, you know, that's a story for another day, I guess. And I don't think it was personally, but it did make a film, the film a little more potent uh, for me, even if it because it was inadvertent because of the timing of the film, because of the number of journalists and number of people who are getting framed right now on various very dubious charges. Uh, um, I, I feel like a story like this gains a very significant kind of different context. Uh, absolutely, and uh, I, I mean, I, I don't know whether the film could have predicted what times it, uh, you know, the 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 kind of times it would have uh, been in. Not that 2019 was a lot different from uh, yeah. the situation we are in right now, but. Uh, this idea that the state can turn on you very easily mm. if you believe that you're an integral part of it and the work you do is appreciated by it uh, is uh, I, I think it's just been very relevant in India now for uh, mm. for, for a lot of time and uh, I mean in, in that sense I think anyone can uh, sort of take uh, something away from this film. I think no matter which side of uh, where yeah. they stand on the political spectrum, uh, anyone mm-hmm. who is worried about how easily the state can frame you on charges, obliterate your life's work, I think uh, they should, uh, you know, they could take a lot away from this film. Uh, I was, uh, I I did like a lot of the supporting turns in this. I didn't really care for Madhavan's work that much, though it wasn't bad. Uh, But uh, I I did like his uh, fellow scientists in it. Especially I liked uh, uh, Rajiv Ravindranathan as Param, who I thought was very funny. And Mm. uh, uh, Sam Mohan as Unni was also uh, really good. And he just, he made an impression in like a couple of short scenes. And he's, but he's a very pivotal character, especially when he comes back in jail in that scene. Mm. And that's an excellent, uh, that's an excellent scene. And an excellent example of like how to write a a small supporting character who has a big impact, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the Sam Mohan as Unni, especially because, you know, Rajiv, Ravindranathan as Param is still in the background most of the film. Yeah. He's still a yeah. very nice sort of supporting character in that sense. But Sam Mohan as Unni has a proper arc, right? Like you, he he felt wronged by Madhavan the same way Madhavan felt wronged by the state later. And then he is the, and I expected him to come back and 
I was just hoping and praying that they don't put the whole thing on him and he's the one who framed Madhavan. That says a lot about the standards of biopics we go through. That that was my first sort of suspicion that when when they reveal him in the end, it'll be sort of revealed that he is the one who who sort of framed uh, Madhavan. But it's it was a very nicely written scene where he's like, you know, I, I think you're a terrible human being, but you're anything but uh, a guy who sold his country. So, I, you know, even though we've had like various nationalistic, jingoistic sort of uh, uh, sort of overtones over the years. I thought this is the way to at least contextualize or, or put it in in terms of storytelling. This is the way to make it a little more powerful or to make it because it is old school. It is uh, for better or worse. He was sort of working for ISRO and uh, he was established as a guy who would do anything to put India ahead in the race and even at the cost of his own principles and morals. And someone's role really is sort of. Uh, uh, you know, hit that home. I thought he has, I also think he has a very evocative face, very different kind of, I think I saw him in a, one of the short film anthologies, I think uh, recently or last year or something, where he was, uh, um, I, I think in one of the Amazon short film anthologies. And I think I mentioned him there too. I think he was, even in that shot, he was playing a pivotal but small role where he had, sli- you know, slight mental health issues or something like that. But I feel like they did a very good job of uh, putting him at the forefront of sort of Madhavan's little arc here. And yeah, the supporting cast did entirely work for me, even though not all the white characters really worked for me. I think some of them were pretty okay, like because it's much better than most, how most Indian films tend to uh, treat stock white characters, especially like, for example, the Scotland sort of thing was the worst case scenario of how, you know, how you cannot basically present Britishers on screen in 2022. But, you know, the the ones in France, the ones in Russia were not as caricatured as I imagined they would be, you know, even though I've seen Hollywood films do it worse. Let's just put it that way. I agree. The Russia bit was so stupid, but it was fun. I have to say, I'd have enjoyed like that Russia bit stretched out uh, more. And uh, even though I don't know how much they were stretching the facts, but you know, who cares? That was, uh, it's fun. You know, even that framing was a bit fun where the three of them are talking to the three of them across the table. And suddenly yeah. it becomes like this sort of Coen Brothers scene where, uh, yeah. you know, that guy is getting a word from the Kremlin suddenly in between. And then he's like, we'll help you. And these guys don't know what's going on. It, it, I, I enjoyed that scene. It was kind of campy fun. Yeah, even in terms of like the fact that he was accused of being a spy eventually, the fact that there was the <laughs> Russia part that was so stretched, especially with the woman there, who more or less was presented as an as even though she is a scientist or a diplomat, she was presented as more of a honey trap the way they were framing some scenes at the party and the way she was right. planning to go to them and sort of almost seduce secrets out of them. The entire Russia, the shadowy portion was like, it was there for a reason, even though it was so goofy and silly. I felt like it yeah. added to our sort of ambiguity in reading this character about whether he was guilty or not. Towards, Of course, the film believes he was not guilty. Yeah. No, I wish can... they lent into that ambiguity, actually, that I think would have made it a more fun film. Like, if we had had some doubt about whether he had sold out the country, I think yeah. uh, I think that would have been a more fun film uh, for yeah. that. And and that's what the Russia part was doing, right? It was leaning into that because Russia means only one thing these days, right? And I felt like, uh, I, I felt like it was going there and then it sort of pulled back during the torture sequences and during all those sequences where the CBI gets involved. Uh, I, I did like the fact that there's no answer uh, as to who did it, right? Mm-hmm. Because, because of course, in even in real life, there is no answer and that no one was, uh, no one was charged eventually. Um, so the fact that the film also didn't go out of its way, even though at one point I had a very, very um, bad suspicion that they were, they were almost blaming that NASA director who tried to hire him long back uh, mm. uh, because they were intercutting his the prosperity of his life with the simplicity of Nambi's life towards the end, right? He was riding mm. a scooter and that guy was in a BMW or Mercedes or something. I, I did feel like they were almost accidentally accusing, uh, say, NASA of uh, maybe framing him because India was getting ahead in the race. Uh, there were a lot mm-hmm. of little implications here and there, but I like the fact that it stayed sort of unanswered and it stayed because 
that's what happens right when it stays unanswered then you start seeing the subtext in the sharukh khan cameo then you start seeing the subtext in the timeliness or the inadvertent timeliness of the film right now uh, mm. because can never never any other answer because nobody else has done it because nobody has done it maybe so uh, because the state has probably done it so whatever it is like i felt like that makes it sure you know they could have made it a little more ambiguous and led us down a certain direction and maybe made him a little more gray but you know in the in the fact that nobody else did it also had its own merits i felt uh, yeah i agree it's um, i i think they I, i don't think it's the kind of film that really would have made it more ambiguous it's mm. a pretty plain speaking film that way i don't think it has that kind of ambition to sort of make it like even in you know uh, to the extent that a beautiful mind keeps you guessing for a while you know is he a spy what is he doing what is happening and then you kind of you know the big reveal that comes midway through the film i don't think it even has that uh, kind of um, ambition uh, but uh, yeah i think it would have helped but uh, probably not within the ambit of of uh, i think madhavan's uh, uh approach really out here i don't i don't think he could have uh, really done it uh, with uh, you know the way he was envisioning this film yeah it was quite clearly a tribute to the character or you know sort of a this almost this unquestioning ode towards the character right like i mean bordering on hagiography but sort of uh but you know i wouldn't still call it hagiography because of how because of how the story itself is structured or because of the experiences of the person as a public figure i agree especially where the you know according to the standards of hindi film biopics it's definitely not a, a hagiography yeah. indian film biopic since this is a simultaneously shot in various languages yeah. the simultaneously things reminds me uh we've seen this done with a couple of films lately where they've uh, sort of they've said that they've shot it in various languages but you can always tell that it's uh, obviously supposed to be like a one particular language and the rest are kind of uh, mm. just makeshift things out here i thought it was possibly a little more convincing than anything else that i've seen amongst the short simultaneously uh, uh, mm. sub 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 genre that's a good point i guess a lot of it is also down to the fact that most of the film happened internationally right like because most of the film sort of took uh, right. so a lot of different countries it felt like okay the hindi character uh, hindi speaking characters in a tamil space or in a malayalam speaking space are not as jarring as we imagined because it really is down to the torture sequences and the family sequences towards the end where it's really sort of hit upon us because they're in kerala for the longest time in the at the end of the film so even there you don't feel like the characters are supposed to be speaking a particular language as much because they've uh, more, because madhavan's character has been abroad for so long as well so it sort of feels very indian the fact that it feels very indian towards the end rather than one specific region uh, I, i guess it helps and you're right about the fact that it feels less awkward as compared to other similarly short different languages short films mm-hmm. what did you think of uh, the, you know last question probably what did you think of uh, bringing the real man towards the end of the film in the sharukh interview i really didn't like it i yeah. didn't like it. i i i don't even like it when films do the comparison thing which is now become like such a standard yeah. thing Yeah. that uh, you know they show like the whatever the the actual person and they show the uh, the actor who played him you know which is just such a boastful way of saying oh look how close we've got with our hair and makeup and whatever and everything so i i don't like that at all uh, out here uh, i disliked this even more because he's there for a substantial amount of time i i'd say at least the last 10 minutes i think he's there Yeah, yeah. Uh, or at least yeah yeah the, the yeah at least the last 10 minutes and uh, it's like what are you trying to uh, prove by that that uh, there is no difference between what madhavan is playing and what this guy is that uh, there it's one and the same that there is no like this is should be taken as like as close to a documentary as Uh, as anything because uh, i i don't understand the 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 uh, the point of making me kind of go 
make that huge adjustment so late and at such a critical juncture in the film when we are just sort of seeing it wrap up and then suddenly i'm supposed to while i'm trying to stay with the emotions of the film and whatever is happening and charuk begging for forgiveness and uh, nambi saying no i won't forgive you and all uh, i am also having to make this huge adjustment ki okay no more madhavan it is not my interpret you know his interpretation of nambi but the actual nambi himself also happening at the same time so it just it was a huge uh, dis- yeah. dissonance for me and i didn't like it at all same here. i mean i i just thought uh, i remember when i was watching the film i put my hand on my head then because i was like okay it almost film it almost finished not bad like it was finishing okay it was finishing decently uh, on a sort of emotional high uh, but then they had to do this i really prefer the devices where you only see uh the the real life figures appear for a fleeting second in the film if you really want to pay tribute to these to the people they are based on they can come in one scene in the middle of the film or at the beginning of the film but you don't even know it till you read about it much later say i think pursuit of happiness did that pretty well towards the end of the film uh the character that will smith was playing just crossed right. across the- walked across the frame in san francisco when he and his son were sort of walking so it didn't distract but at the same time it reminded the viewer that this is there is a person like that and it is a real life story so if you really want to do that that's probably the best way to go about it not even the end credits where they sort of start comparing prosthetics and start comparing appearances i didn't like the way it did this for a i'll be very honest for a 5 second period when he did appear on screen towards the end I really thought it was Saeed Akhtar Mirza for like a good five <laughs> seconds or ten seconds, and I'm I'm like really confused. I'm like, what happened? Because the the, the, the similar the, the it was uncanny. The similarities yeah, it just felt like that, and uh, and you know then of course it dawned on me saying, okay, here is uh, the real Nambi Narayanan and whatnot. So it was disorienting on many levels for me. uh and that didn't help matters at all so yeah i don't think the film i mean i don't think madhavan made a very smart choice towards the end of the film by doing that he almost sort of uh was batting against his own film by doing that and almost undoing all the work he had done till then so yeah is there is there is there anything else we'd like to talk about just a very small thing i'm begging filmmakers not to uh, put uh, the the uh, indian flag colors in the backdrop of a patriotic scene which of course was there throughout mission mangal but is also there in this film in the scene where he's uh, just come back from nasa after rejecting them and he's come come back to isro the background mm-hmm. is uh, uh, the indian flag colors in like in what the film probably thinks is a subtle way but it's not subtle please don't do that i am joining you in that plea and uh, and you know there are a couple of other times also the flag appears in the film which i didn't mind as much but that particular moment you mention is very obvious it's not subtle not nuance at all so uh, you know what what they said right now um yeah i think uh, yeah i think we are done with uh, with uh, rocketry uh, nothing else right uh no no not for me yeah. so yeah um, i think that was a very fruitful discussion uh i did enjoy discussing in fact even a little bit of jug jug geo before this uh, glad we covered both the films and uh, you know for those of you listening um, do i mean thank you for listening and do write in to us if you have any uh, if you have any sort of suggestions and if you think we should discuss something that is not the recent hindi releases as well i will open to all kinds of suggestions email addresses are raulnolesa@gmail.com and bhatia.uda@gmail.com we will be back soon discussing uh, you know a release but hopefully we'll be talking about other things as well in between thank you for listening and um, you know see you next time